welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. Hello, hello, hello. This is Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And as I always say, we have another phenomenal guest. Yes, we are traveling. Well, I can tell you where she's traveled. I don't know where to pick. She's in Kentucky now, but we've gone to Washington. We've gone to California, to Houston, to Washington State. Yeah, yes, all over the place. This this next young lady, our guest, such a phenomenal human being, uh, is a spokesperson uh, for so many different so many different brands. She represents uh, Fight Colorectal Cancer. Uh, she's an ambassador for them. She's a motivational speaker. She's been featured as a model uh, down in Australia, where disability women with disabilities come in and model. How amazing is that, you know? And that says a lot about who she is. She's getting ready to go down to Washington, D.C. and knock on some doors because guess what? We need help with this cancer. It is spreading like wildfire. And uh, we, need to, we need to get that. We need to get that tamed. You know, we've got a, a vaccine for covid can we get something for cancer? I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So I want to introduce our next guest and it is no other than Kim Coleman. Kim. <laughs> Hello. Nice to join you, Kenny. <laughs> hey, I had to give you that. Come on, Kimberly. Is it Kimberly or Kim? What did we? Kimberly. <laughs> I want to make sure I do that. Kimberly. Kimberly, look at that smile. You just brighten up the entire room. Yes, I'm waiting for my crest ad. <laughs> it's Look, been years in the making, right? <laughs> add that to your list for sure. Add that for sure. Uh, such a privilege, such a privilege to have you on our show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is an honor to be here. I appreciate it. You know, Kimberly, you know, it is uh as cancer as we as we talked about. It's, uh, it's a horrific disease, you know, and it's affecting so many people. Now, either that's directly or indirectly, you know, people will say, well, I've never had cancer. Yeah, but do you know someone that has cancer? And the answer is going to be potentially, you know, most likely yes, right? Because cancer has touched so many different people. And so here, what we want to do, we want to empower, you know, through these conversations. And one of one of the cancers that uh, we see so much is colorectal cancer. And it's, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, what do we do? It's, it, it's a battle. And uh, I just want to talk to you about, you know, what was, what was that like finding out you were diagnosed that first time? Ooh, yeah. When I found out, you know, from the date of, or from the time of me having symptoms that I was conscious that something was off to the time that, you know, I woke up after having my colonoscopy, um, you know, it was about six, six, seven months. So from January of 2015 to July of 24, 2015, and was, you know, that time. And then to wake up, you know, um, kind of groggy from the propofol and, joking with my husband in the room while we waited for the results and to have my doctor come in and just be completely stoic and somber. And, you know, we are like, I said, we're like, ah. and he's like, yeah, I just, 
want to say that it found like a, a tumor, like a fist-sized tumor in your sigmoid colon and it's malignant. And he just pauses. And I, you know, that's instant sobering, right? Moment. I just looked at him because it just took a minute for that to percolate. And I was like, are you saying that I have cancer? Because he never said the words. And he was like, yes. And just, I remember that moment so vividly because, you know, I don't know if you've ever had the story of the rose colored glasses, but it just, the, it was like a filter went over the, over my world and I didn't see things the same anymore. So, you know, we, my husband and I, we start crying because we don't know what this means. And the doctor leaves and, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting over COVID pneumonia, but uh, the doctor leaves and, and it just leaves us, you know, like, we don't know what to do. And it just, yeah, I, I just won't forget that moment. It, like literally I just saw a filter. Yes. <laughs> Everything I saw was different from that day forward. So Kimberly, you know, that, that is, I mean, the way it seems the news was given, but I, I picked up on something. You said you had a colostomy even prior to the diagnosis. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, that came when I was in the midst of treatment. I see. Yeah. I see. So let's just back up just a little bit. What was life like prior to being diagnosed with cancer? What was Kimberly doing? I was actually um, a, I was national board president of my uh, sorority, Sigma Phi Omega. And so, you know, I was like, enjoying that whole time you know my husband and i we were in washington state and you know we had our our little kids there you know and so we're just living this life and enjoying it and i'm loving life as an alum and being able to lead this organization i was the first african-american because it's an asian oriented it's an asian-based sorority wow i was one of only a few and so i ended up becoming national board president uh, which is the highest position you can achieve. And so I was enjoying that year, you know. See, it's uh, so amazing. And that's what I tell you about you. You, you, any barrier that may be, you're going to cross that, you know, it's, and it's not, it's just because you do it with elegance and grace and you, you understand, you know, and I, I got that from you right away. And I just, I'm sorry to interrupt your story, but I just wanted to say that just, uh, it's amazing. You're amazing. I apologize. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you. You know, it's, I think each of us has a different role in the world. And what I've come to understand in my role is a bridge. You know, I love languages. I love cultures. I love people. And so um, with my background, I've been able to just meet so many people around the world and just enjoy, I just love people <laughs> and connecting with people. And so, you know, joining these types of organizations is just like, because I wanna connect with people, you know, and I, I wanna be a, a better person, like a, a more enriched person, I should say. Sure. Mm -hmm. So you were doing this, right? I mean, being the president, you and your husband in Washington state, and then, were you having symptoms, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, um, because I was having symptoms like uh, 
dizziness and lightheadedness. And when I went to the bathroom, I was not voiding completely when I was having a bowel movement. I was only partial. I was feeling bloated, not remembering things. I just didn't feel like I was myself, you know, and then I had some blood in my stool. And so I went to the doctor, that was in January. And I went to the doctor in March and I was like, hey, I'm still, things are not getting better. Like, can you check this out? They did an initial fecal occult test, which is initial test to pick up on colorectal cancer. It came back negative. Mm. So that was March. The doctor said, hey, if this continues, if you still don't feel yourself, just give me a call. I'll schedule for a colonoscopy. At the time, I was 47, so I was technically too young because the age at that time was 50, the minimum age to get screened. And... So a few months go by, I noticed everything is getting worse. I'm at my national convention. I'm running the convention and I'm just, I'm not able to eat. I'm four days the whole time I'm not eating. Um, I'm just feeling worse and worse. So I decide to step down and relinquish my position, you know, because I was going to continue on for another year. I loved it. And um, I, so I stepped down because I just knew something was off. And I'm glad that I did because like I stepped down in June and then in July, like a month later, I was diagnosed with colorectal cancer. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So you, you, you get this news, you know, and, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate because it, it, it makes that picture so much broader, right? So you, now you're living life, you're having symptoms, you get in checked, the doctor comes in and he's like, yeah, you got cancer and it's malignant. What's life like at this point? I mean, after, you know, people, what I want to know is how did you deal with that? And how long, how long did it take you to kind of gather yourself? That day on the way home, <laughs> you know, my wow. husband and I, we cried in the office and then we got in the car and we cried on the way home. And I just, I was just, just having this internal conversation and with myself. And I was just like, you know, what do I want to do with this? Like, what do I want the outcome to be with this? And I was like, you know, I'm, I want to kick cancers. <laughs> I want to kick cancers, butt. and so like, we, we, I just, and I just said, you know what, babe, let's stop and get a bottle of champagne. And he was like, what? And I was like, let's get a bottle of champagne because we're gonna toast to me being on the other side of this disease today. And so we did, we stopped and I have this picture um, of when I took that because my face is just like tear stained and my eyes are red, but I'm sitting here like with this triumphant look with this glass of champagne. And so every year I take that picture. Um, and so, you know, it, it was just that day I, I decided, but that I was gonna do that. And I'm glad that I did because I didn't realize that cancer was, I knew it was a foe. <laughs> I knew it was, it was a worthy foe and had me on the ropes quite a few times. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be on this side. You know, I, I think part of that whole gesture of saying that was, it was hope and it was, rage, anger, I should say, and just all of the things in that moment. And then it just transformed into hope. Wow. You know, just pure hope, like, hey, and empowerment, like, I I'm at least going to go out fighting. If this takes me, 
it takes me, I, I can't control that. But you will know that I fought, you will know that I lived well, you will know that I, I made the best of this situation. And I feel like that for everything that I go through. And I was gonna say, Kimberly, because, you know, not everyone has that ability to be resilient, right? To bounce back so quickly. And we're talking on the same day, the drive home, you know, you're, you're talking about, let's go get a bottle of champagne. I'm going to fight this thing. I'm going to beat this thing. I'm going to be on the other side. Where does that come from? And, and I'm asking this question for the listeners, because for those that don't have that, how do they get that? What, is, what does Kimberly get that strength from and that courage like that? Well, it's, it's my background. Um, Growing up, I was a child who experienced a lot of trauma, um, sexual, verbal, physical, emotional. And that was the first foe that almost took me out. Um, and just over time, you know, I was able to find things like therapy, like finding my walk with faith, like, you know, finding, um, finding my voice. So I just found, you know, cause I was seeking, I knew I needed to, to heal myself from those things, you know, cause I did not tell my secret until I was 27, 20, 25, pardon me. And um, that was a long time to carry that. <clears throat> and I knew that in order to be healed, I needed to talk about it. And then, so that's part of what I used that same transparency when I was diagnosed, I knew that where my disease was located was from my first trauma and that I needed to be transparent with this diagnosis in order to be healed. So I just started talking about it from the day of diagnosis, like after I had my champagne, you know, after I, you know, made that decision, I just got on Facebook and just started talking about it and documenting it. And, and, you know, so those are things that I, hold on is therapy and you know those things that have helped me to reconcile the thing the uh, issues from my past yes. to be the person I am today wow absolutely amazing and what what kind of empowerment did you get from being transparent and speaking out about it did you did, did that infuse you in any way yeah, because, you know, I was just doing it for me. I didn't expect anyone to, <laughs> I just literally was telling, like, I just, like, I just need to free myself. And so in that, it wasn't about anyone else. And so I just started telling the story and people started following along with the story and they're like, oh my gosh. And then people started being moved by the story and inspired by the story and then just told my story as it happened as it unfolded and it was just it just was what it was it was not always pretty yeah. and it wasn't always huh, you know raw raw it, it was real and and raw and beautiful and transformative yes wow absolutely absolutely phenomenal so this is not and I want everyone that's listening in, anytime you get diagnosed with cancer, it is not easy. You know, if you listen to any of these episodes uh, that everyone has been diagnosed, it's nothing easy. And I know Kimberly, she says it, she does it with so much grace, you know, and it, it may seem that way, but the struggle, Kimberly, how, 
How did you go through, you know, the surgery? Did you, did they give you chemo? Talk a little bit about some of the uh, treatment options that you, you selected. Well, you know, what's interesting. I wasn't given treatment options. I was told like, Hey, or because I was diagnosed with stage two and uh, they said, Hey, this is our normal protocol. And I, when you're in that position, you're trying to go as fast as you can because it feels, everything feels like a rush. So we just trusted the doctor and the team that I had. And I went with the treatment protocol, which was like six weeks of oral chemotherapy paired with 33 radiation treatments. And in the, and so I've completed all of that. By the time I was done, basically they had over-radiated my colon to tissue paper. So when I was resting up for my surgery to remove the tumor, uh, I had a bowel perforation and obstruction. And so, you know, that's where I almost lost my life. And that's what gave me the ostomy, which I expected to have because I was only supposed to have it for six weeks. It's part of the surgery protocol. And, but they asked me to keep it for two years because of the perforation and obstruction. They were worried the cells might have sloughed off. And then, so I had that surgery. Um, it was really intense. Um, the, the surgeon told me, like, I was in the hospital for 10 days after, and he told me, like, a few days later when I was lucid, like, if your kids weren't home, because it was Veterans Day when this happened. So my kids happened to be home from school. And he was like, if your kids weren't home, you would not be here. And that news just hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, <laughs> like just because they happened to be there that so, day. Yeah. So, yeah. So they found you? What? What is? Yeah. Because we had a townhouse at the time. So I was upstairs and, you know, like I, I was just having a lot of pain. I was bedridden by the time I had lost 30 pounds. Um, I was like, just not in good shape. Um, so I was just like bedridden waiting for my surgery. And so my husband, you know, was having to work overtime to help out and take care of the caregiver for our kids. It was a really challenging time for our family. Um, so this thing happens, I'm in the bathroom and I become paralyzed because when this happens, you cannot move at all. And I was sitting on the bathroom toilet at the time and I just remember like oh my gosh and I threw myself off the side of the toilet and onto the floor and just slowly crawled to my tub and drew back because I didn't know what was happening I didn't know what was that bad because I, I lived in that much pain wow. from the treatment and um, so I just assumed it was just a really bad bout and then I got in the bathtub and it just was getting worse I couldn't get to my phone I couldn't get to my pain meds and I could not even scream because the pain was so bad. So I'm just sitting in the tub in a fetal position, like, I, Victoria, Elias. And this is trying to go downstairs, <laughs> mind you, the closed bathroom doors downstairs. And just by the grace of God, my kid heard me, my daughter heard me, came upstairs and saw me like in the bathtub. Like, uh, so I'm like, get the phone, call daddy. I still don't realize it's as bad. I know it's bad, but call daddy. He's in a meeting, so he does not have his phone. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm like, you need to run and get neighbors. So he does that. So she does that. She runs and she comes back with two neighbors 
<laughs> find me in the tub this way. And they fish me out of the tub. They get me dressed. But before that, I'm like, I need to call 911. This is above anyone's bandwidth. <laughs> and, you know, so it was good because I just wanted my kids to be taken care of until, you know, like my husband or I could get back to it. And then the 911 was there by the time they got me out. They rushed me to the hospital. I ended up going into emergency life-saving surgery. Wow. Yeah, my husband was there by the time I got there. It was, it was intense. Yeah. It's just so amazing on how people say coincidence, mm-hmm. right? But, I mean, you, you can't help to think about your faith at this point. And there is a universal sovereign looking over us, right? I mean, your kids to be home as you go through this is just... Wow. So amazing. Completely a miracle. Completely. So how is that? You know, because for those that are out here and may have a colostomy and and dealing with that, you know, that's not something you just, uh, I guess the question is, I guess that takes some getting used to then, right? Yeah, because it's something that, you know, imagine you just tape this bag to your body and you're walking around and now all of a sudden you know your body is emptying its contents into this bag it takes it it takes a minute but I, I'm glad that I had before I got it I was already researching it because they told me I was going to have it so I was so thankful to people that I saw on the internet in their bikinis and their swimsuit and I was like oh you can do that that's a thing so <laughs> I, it gave me a positive association from the get-go yeah. All I ever heard about an ostomy before that was like, oh, your grandparents wear it. You know, it's like some long, obnoxious thing. And then when I searched on the internet, it was, I saw just people out there living their lives. And so I was like, that's cool. So I was already like, okay. Um, and then when you get it, it's still, it still is, you still have to go through the process of accepting it. And so I named it and, you know, just decided that. I was thankful because it saved my life. Without that ostomy, I wouldn't be here. Sure. So I just, I just had more gratitude than you know, anything else for for my ostomy. So you gave it a name. Can you share that with us? The first name was Fred. <laughs> In the hospital, because the, the my the ostomy nurse said, "Hey, if you name this ostomy when you go places and it's making noises, you know, like it toots because you can't." You can't control it, right? And so it just, it toots and makes noises randomly. And she's like, you could just be like, is that Fred? And people look, and I've tried it and people look around, they're, they're never thinking. <laughs> and so then I changed the name to Toodles because, you know, once she started performing with me, I had like custom covers and blinged out covers and things like that. I so when it. I shook my bag, people can see it. And so, of course, she deserved a beautiful name because it was a beautiful part. I'm so grateful. So she got toodles because she toots. <laughs> Kimberly, you are a comedian. I kid you not. <laughs> hey, man, you got to make the best of your situation when you don't have to. It's just it's just easier. <laughs> yes. You know, you said it, right? I mean, being able, you have a choice. Either you're going to go through this treatment and be absolutely miserable, and um, and I'm saying this because I've seen it, or you can somehow find that resiliency and look at things differently, and and appreciate life. 
you know, and it seems that that's exactly what you've chosen to do. How, how, how was life for you now? You know, the Kimberly that was, you know, traveling around, she's the president of, you know, her sorority and things like that. What has changed since having being diagnosed? What has changed about you? How you see life? That's a great question. Um, it changed me to, because when I started sharing, you know, from the moment my husband, he's been the most incredible support. You never know, you know, how people will respond to their spouse being sick. And he just was so incredible. And I just saw so many people just step in and become part of my community and cheering for me and following my story and praying for me and sending well wishes and sending care packages. Like my sorority just was amazing. They just, every day I was getting a package or flowers or something and just people stepped up and I was not used to that, you know, from my background. And my husband and I have been married for 23 years. And so he and I, we have this great bond, but I, I haven't always had that with other people. And just to see like people rally around me and I like to call it the parable of the sick patient. I got it. Like in the Bible, there's, you know, the people, they lift the, they put the sick patient on bed, they lift them, walk them over the roof and they come through the roof and they petition Jesus like, hey, can you heal? And he's like, hey, just based on your faith, I'm going to do it. And I felt like that I lived that parable because people just put me on there and they just lifted me, man. And it, that was not anything that I can claim. <sighs> that I did, it was really just everyone coming together. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for my community still. And so that was the biggest thing is like, if you talk about it and it doesn't have to be like I did on social media, but if you just talk about it and let people come around you and surround you and support you, it, people would be surprised. But a lot of times we, we struggle, you know, and I'm so glad that I stepped out and took that risk to be transparent because I would not have had that experience. So community, um, learning how to be a great self-advocate, that's been a process for me over these past few years. You know, instead of just letting doctors tell you what you're doing, like asking questions and advocating and being, you know, realizing they're people, just talking to them like people and sharing like, hey, this is what I want for my life. Can you help me? create this vision. So now when I put my care team together, um, I, I, I think of those things and it's like, hey, I just don't want a doctor. I want someone who is invested, who cares, who wants to be on my care team. And it, it just, it's just, it's not something that I expected going into this. You know, um, I've been able to travel like, you know, around the world, I've been to 11 countries and travel independently with my ostomy by myself, something I didn't think I would be able to do. I've been able to cliff dive in Jamaica and dance outside with my ostomy in Jamaica. <laughs> and, you know, like I just so many things I did not expect, you know, co-author of an uh, international best-selling book. I just, these things I didn't expect yes. because it, it enriched my life to where I just felt so grateful my family and grateful for my friends and grateful for this new time that I had been given and gifted. Wow. And you did not waste any time, right? And you took 
You took hold of that right away. And that's amazing. <laughs> There's something about that finality, man. <laughs> There's something about it. The, you know, like we hear about it because before this, you know, I had never been hospitalized, really. I just a couple times for things that weren't even, I had home births and, you know, so this was not something that was a part of my life. So to be thrust into this whole new world, it I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for the gifts that I got from battling through that disease. And now I have a new diagnosis, a new battle to take on. I've just recently found out and it's not cancer, but it's related to it. And so I just, I'm going to carry that same spirit into that as well. Wow. You're such a warrior, you know, and, and what I love about you and for those that see this episode, there's no sign of defeat at all. There is no sign of, no, I'm going to give up. You know, she, looking at her, you wouldn't even tell, you know, and that's just the way she carries herself. Kimberly, this is the way you carry yourself. I'm, 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 you're right in front of me. And it's just, I love that because, you know, sometimes, Kim, Kimberly, we, we go through life, even those that have not been diagnosed, right? And we think that uh, the world and the sky is falling, right? And it's not until sometimes you get face to face with a beast like this, a Goliath-like situation, that you really find out who you really are inside. And listening to you, you you are a warrior. That's the first word that comes to my mind. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So Kimberly, let me ask you this question here. So what is it that you value most? And you know, when you, obviously you, you talked about your appreciation and the gratitude, you know, but what is that value system? You have kids. Yeah, I heard a daughter, is there two daughters, a daughter and a son? I, I actually have six children, five, <gasps> five of which I've raised. And so, um, yeah, and my youngest three, our home and yeah, 18, 16 and 13. <laughs> you, oh my, all teenagers. Oh my goodness. So they were pretty young when I was diagnosed you Yeah, know, about six years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what is that value system that you, that you, you model that you, that you show the example to your kids and who you are? Like, what is that? What is, what is it? And where does it come from? Hmm. Gosh, um, I guess I would say connection. Connection. That's so important. You know, we put a lot of we put a lot of uh, emphasis on doing and all of those things, and and I'm learning that being, beingness is what is so powerful and that's what allows us to connect deeply with one another so with this you know before i was like super hyper and i'm always doing things and i'm that person you know i'm just naturally doing a thousand things right and this helped me to slow down to like a snail's pace i'm grateful for that because i couldn't walk i was on a walker and had physical therapy and occupational therapy for like six weeks i it, it was really intense 
And so as I'm learning how to walk again, and I'm looking at flowers for the first time. I love flowers, but you know, we're just dipping by and we're not looking at the flower, but I, I couldn't move fast. <laughs> so I'm really taking in flowers and, and it taught me to take in the moment. So as my kids came in from school, I would just look at them and just sit with them and just take those moments in and just see my husband up late studying and trying to be better at his job and taking care of the kids. And I would just, I would just watch it and just take in those moments and just hold them in my heart. And it just gave me connection. And then just seeing people sending messages or doing the best that they could in the way that they could to be for me, be there for me. I just learned that connection. And so that's been something that has been so the most valuable thing is connecting to other people. We don't, it's not about giving or all those things. It's just listening, being, observing. That That's something that's powerful to me. Extremely. And to find the silver lining. I, I work to find the silver lining in everything. You know, I'm gonna cry and I'm gonna have my moment. And I know that there's a silver lining in every cloud. I know, I know, I'm, I'm living proof. I've lived through abuse. I've lived through cancer. I've lived through so many things. And now I have this new thing and I'm gonna keep going until the wheels fall off, man. (laughs) (laughs) So that, you know, that silver lining and, and being connected to people. We're not islands, we need each other. It's the way we were designed, huh? That's right. For sure. That's right. So beautiful. You know, um, again, I, I love, I love my job. I love what I do. It's not, it's not even work, you know, because the best part of this, Kimberly, is it is the connection. And to be able to hear your story and how you're able to see things through your lens now is absolutely phenomenal. And so looking at your kids now, looking at your husband and seeing life differently how how is the appreciation different well to put it in perspective i've been able to celebrate six extra birthdays with them six extra grades six extra anniversaries to make our 22nd going our 23rd this year um six just I, I just it's just amazing because that was not promised it, it I, I'm not supposed to be here so it just gives you a different perspective you know it's I'm so grateful for the moments with them and it I'm so grateful that I still am able to slow down and you know, they come in and they're talking and I'm just, I'm just drawing through their, their face, you know, just memorizing their features and just looking at their smiles and seeing their personality and the people that they're becoming and how they're learning how to go through and move through adversity because of, you know, what my husband and I have modeled and how they are learning how to stay together through the tough times, you know, and how to cling to one another and how to help one another and how to love on one another and be there. Uh, that's that's a beautiful thing. 
to see my kids have learned that and that that's who they are for each other now and for us and you know my my husband and just seeing everything that he's done and all that he is and like just the vows that we took mean so much to both of us and that we we're so honored to live them out in a beautiful way. So it's, it's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful. That's why I tell people don't feel sorry for me. If something were to happen and I'm not here tomorrow, don't feel sorry for me. I've had a wonderful life. I've been able to do things that I wasn't supposed to do, you know? And so, uh, yeah. And through your example, you know, you, your kids are demonstrating exactly what their mother has, has taught them, their mother and their father. And, and you giving that to your husband is also something that those kids are paying attention to. So what, what a gift, you know, sometimes that may sound, that may sound crazy, right? But Cancer kind of opens our eyes sometimes, right? I, I think that's what I heard you say. I mean, the way you're looking at flowers, the way you appreciate your kids, the way you connect now, the way, I mean, it's just, thank you for waking me up of who I am internally, right? Is that, is that fair to say? That is it exactly. That is it exactly. You know, I think so many of us, because I was one of those people, like you go your whole life, like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? And we equate purpose with job. We equate purpose with these other things. And what I realized, it's not a job. It is like who we are meant to be and how we're meant to connect. Like I was said earlier, I'm a bridge and that's my purpose, you know? And, and so just realizing that my gift is connecting with people and sharing these stories of, of in creating compassion and empathy because I was my stories create have created compassion and empathy in me to be able to then pay that forward and give other people that grace yeah. you know uh, the people who abused me the all the things and myself giving just grace grace as we walk this life journey together you know Thank you. Thank you for being a bridge. Thank you for being transparent. And I wish more people uh, were out there that can do that, right? Because we see people who have of influence uh, that have been diagnosed with cancer and have kept that a, a secret because for whatever reason, whatever that limiting belief they had. And when we meet someone like Kimberly Coleman, she can tell her truth and empower and show you the beauty that comes from speaking up. Oh, you know, it infuses hope and, and empowers those that may be going through this journey. So thank you so much for that. Oh, totally. You know, and I do, I do honor each person's choice and how they battle, because again, we all have our own purpose with this and our own story and our own mission with with how we battle and everybody's not meant to be a bridge that's what i realize everybody's not meant to do that thing we all can inspire in different ways it's just finding the way it's trusting that within this process you'll find your way to then inspire yourself and let that just go out 
and reach other people if that's what you choose. You know, I, I just feel like my story just wasn't meant for me. Yeah. It, it, it's not. Thank you for the courage. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. So before we let you go, Kimberly, what is something that you would like the listeners to walk away with? Gosh. Um, my number one is to remember there's always a silver cloud. There's silver lining in every cloud. And remember to laugh. Laughter is one of the biggest things that I use. Um, just being able to let go and laugh and connect with yourself and connect with other people. Um, honor your own truth in the way that you feels authentic to you, I should say. And uh, yeah, connect. Be, it's okay to connect. It, it's, it's okay to be vulnerable. I see vulnerability as strength, you know, and, and being vulnerable enough to share, you know, like, hey, I have this ostomy. Hey, I've been through this cancer battle. Hey, I've been through these things. And yet I still have hope and I still can love and I still trust and I still joy and I still can have great belly laughs and, you know, it just... <laughs> And I still can cry and I still can be upset and I still can be frustrated and run the gamut of this human experience, right? Um, but I don't have to do it alone and I don't have to do it alone, you know? So, you know, stay connected. We're not an island. We're, we are a humanity, a human family. I love it. Kimberly Coleman, thank you so much for joining us here on All Talk on College. You, you are phenomenal. Thank you, Kenny, for having me. It has been a pleasure and honor. I have enjoyed our conversation so much. Thank you so much for sharing my story. And I, I really hope that it helps people um, however they need it, however they receive it. Thank you. Thank you. So again, I hope you picked up on those gems that uh, Kimberly dropped for us today. It's absolutely amazing. She talked about finding your purpose and utilizing that. And it's extremely important. You know, for me, I believe for purpose, it's when you think about that, why am I here? You know, it's a spiritual question. You know, what is, what am I on this earth to do? And being diagnosed, sometimes you, that gets put up to the to a forefront. But in Kimberly's case, I love what she said. She said, you know, her gifts, we're connecting and being a bridge that that was hers. And she wanted to utilize that uh, and put that into her purpose of why she was here. So amazing so to find out some of the gifts that we have that maybe we can help and help others with. Another gem that she dropped was being able to laugh and let go. What is extremely important, right? Because as you go along this journey, uh, there's so much anxiety. So can we find ways or find things that can make us laugh, find moments of joy, right? It doesn't have to be, oh my goodness, a whole experience of all day, every day, sometimes just the moments, right? And that's what Kimberly talked about. She was able to laugh and let go. 
And another gem that she gave us was honoring your truth. You know, honoring your truth, in her case, she said, is vulnerability. She said there was strength in vulnerability. And how true is that? None of us like to feel vulnerable because vulnerability sometimes feels weak. But Kimberly brought out a gem that she was like, no, there's strength in vulnerability. So I thought that was absolutely important. And hopefully you can benefit from that too. Again, we'd like to thank Kimberly Coleman for joining us here at All Talk Oncology. Such a privilege of having her. So again, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Here's where you will find up-to-date cancer discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you in your cancer fight. You are not alone in this. We are in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And until again, I'm out.